0: Hello my finest fine friends. This is Richard Herring here and welcome to another Rahalastapa. This week it's the magnificently wonderful Izzy Sooty. Fantastic new novel out. Do buy it and we talk about it very briefly uh, but so uh, you can get it from all good bookshops. Jane is trying. Um, very funny and also interesting and serious and beautiful so I recommend it. Um, Look, we're doing more of these in September and October, maybe one at the end of August. A couple in August, actually, in Norwich, uh, which August, on August the 13th, which may have more tickets. Uh, now, socially distance has been, distancing has been relaxed. Check richytaring.com slash gigs. And um, we're also doing at the Leicester Square Theatre in September and October. Some of them are sold out. We haven't got all the guests sorted out yet. Do book ahead for October if you want to come and see them live. We're also going to live stream them and due to complications with the finances, we've decided to donate the proceeds of this to charity. We'll be going um, largely to the um, charities uh, of the Hertfordshire Hospitals that have helped me out during my troubles this year. Also, some of the money will go to the Museum of Comedy, which seems apt. Uh, So you can get a season pass to all the shows, plus a little bonus one where we do a tester um, for £50 or £10 a show and the money will go to those charities. So you can live stream, you can see their sold out shows uh, and you can help charity at the same time. It feels apt, doesn't it, to um, help that. They, they, they've ensured that I'm still here at the end of the year. So if you're pl- pleased for that, uh, then please do buy a live stream or if you just want to, you can um, make a donation uh, for my half-marathon efforts, go f- uh, at uh, justgiving.com slash monoball. Uh, I'll be running a half-marathon in November. So go to richshane.com gigs to find out all about the upcoming gigs. Um, and gofastestrope.com badges if you want to become a monthly badger. And squaretheatre.com if you want to buy tickets to the upcoming season and be there in person. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha La Pa with Izzy Sooty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man who almost made an indecent proposal to his friend's wife. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Oh, hello! It's lovely to see you all. Welcome to the Clapham Grand, uh, and welcome to uh, let's get the right page. They can add that about and I'll look brilliant. Should be near the back. ah oh, here we we're nearly there. Oh yeah! Welcome to Richard Herring's Loathsome Sweaty Torso Podcast. I've got a race. I've got, I don't know if it's just me. 53 years old. I started exercising again. Really stink. I really, when I exercise, I really stink. It's terrible. Never use my sweat, and even to myself, I think that is a bad smell. Might talk about it later. I might, I might let you all have a sniff. I've not been sweating. Let me know if it starts smelling weird. It smells like cabbages. If you start smelling cabbages, madam, let me know. It's because I'm eating a lot of vegetables. It's like my whole body has become asparagus wheat. It's like if I eat. If I eat cruciferous vegetables, it comes out of every pore, which I do for breakfast. That's You could look like me, mate, if you if you eat breakfast. Can I, I mean, you're both the skinnier than I am. I don't know why I picked on you. You might, you might get your hair back, though. That might happen. Uh, but I was talking... I'm going to put my glasses on. I don't know why I'm pretending I can read when I can't. I was, uh, I was looking at my magic eye picture uh, the other day. I've been looking at it for about 30 years, been unable to see what it was, but... Uh, I, this time I saw it, it was saying I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if that's gonna catch on. So um, yes, uh, I uh, I did make uh, I almost made an indecent proposal to my um, one of my good friends' wives uh, because um, it was kind of bedtime. I was with the kids and the kids were dicking around with my watch and saying, "Hey Siri," and that's gonna do it. Uh, My son said, hey Siri, play London Bridge is Falling Down because he loves London Bridge is Falling Down. So of course Siri started playing uh, London Bridge is Falling Down by Kirsty McColl, because that's what the three-year-olds want to listen to. That's his, Siri's very good. And they were dicking around with the watch a bit, but I don't know. And I said, all right, come on, we should go to bed because it was bedtime. And then my phone made a bleep and I looked down at it. It says, do you want to send text message to wife of my good friend saying we should go to bed? Uh, and it's worse than that because my friend actually died about 18 months ago, so it's actually my best friend's widow <laughs> was about to get a text saying, we should go to bed, I haven't, haven't contacted her uh, very much since the funeral. But I've left at 18 months, we should go to bed. What do you think? And then I've got to press the, make sure I press the right buttons. I go, oh my God, oh my God. I'm trying to My wife is luckily sitting right beside me <laughs> so I can tell this story and she will believe that it, I mean, if that had been, you know, that say it was quite exciting, and it? if it said it didn't send, luckily I stopped it, but I still had to go and check my phone to see that I hadn't accidentally sent it, because it's hard to get out of that, isn't it? Especially if she texts it back and goes, "Yeah, fine, let's go for it." 18 months, isn't it? You're right, we should. So, you know, I don't know if the, I don't know if Siri is trying to ruin my life or just make my life a lot more interesting. Yeah, there could be, a, it could be a, it's, that, that's just like I was so I still kind of feel so terrible about the possibility that that could have what, what would have happened if I'd sent and now I've said it it's going to fucking send this so I'm talking to my phone I, you know the possibility of that going and then having to go oh no didn't I mean it oh fuck I'm cringing with embarrassment um, and I have been uh I have been trying to get fit as well. Uh, it's going quite well. I, I, I row uh, six kilometres three times a week at the moment. Uh, on, you know, I don't leave the house. It's on a rowing machine. I go, I've been running every other day. I'm running a half marathon in November. It's all coming together uh, pretty well. But you do, you do stink. I, the, I was at the zoo uh, yesterday, uh, and, I, and my daughter, who's now six years old, she's a big six-year-old. She's tall. Uh, And I carried her around the zoo for about 10 minutes without having to put her down. I'm getting pretty strong. So cancer's going to regret meddling with me. I'm going to... It's come for me, and I'm going to show it that I am indestructible. I cannot die. Uh, So if you feel like sponsoring me for that half marathon, it's uh, justgiving.com slash monoball. Uh, And... um, You know, I made a sacrifice for you and uh, that, is, uh, that money will go to the NHS, the people who've dealt with uh, my issue. I don't know why I'm thanking them. They cut off my bollock and then gave me chemotherapy, made me feel very sick. So I just, they should be giving me money, right? They, got, they could raffle that bollock off and they could make themselves... You, there's people in this room who pay good money. For, I can tell you that right now. Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for playing Audition Judge in Genie in the House. That's why we're here. People stunned into silence just remembering that performance. Will you please welcome the amazing Izzy Sooty, ladies and gentlemen. It's Izzy Sooty. Yes. From Genie in the House. Hello. Hello. How I was wondering I- what you were going to pick. Uh, yeah, I will pick Genie, Genie in the, the House. Genie in the House, yep. How was that? Do you remember much about Genie in the House? I remember that I tried to do
1: RP, okay, um, receive pronunciation, like yep. newsreaders, and everyone thought I was doing Australian. <laughs> it was one of my first telly jobs. It was.
0: It was before. It was 2008. Yeah. So it was. Be, it was the same year as you were on Peep Show, I think.
1: Oh right. Yes. Yeah, so maybe it was just, so before, just before Peep Show. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't try to do Dobby in Australian.
0: <laughs> Learned my lesson on Genie in the House. It was a good show, Genie in the House, do not we? All remember Genie in the House. Do you you and the guys from Genie in the House ever get together like that? I imagine the improvisation, my dear Mark Watson, you're always... Improvisation, my
1: dear Mark Watson, they're the number one gang every weekend. Yeah,
0: act together. Yeah. That's such a shame what happened there. Um, Do you know, I was saying this back to you backstage, but I can't believe you've been on before. Eight... Years ago! It's eight years since you were last on this show, which doesn't seem as possible, but it, it seems like yesterday to me.
1: I know, and I still remember some of the stuff. That I, I remember you made me put out, like, 15 matches yeah. in my mouth.
0: I did. Well, I don't think which, I made you do. I think you probably suggested I don't think... No,
1: you made did me. Did I? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you have never done it before. Never done it. <laughs>
0: I do it to every guest.
1: You said, if you want to come on this podcast again <laughs> in eight years, you've got to put out 15 matches. No, that used to be my party trick to impress boys. Yeah. I don't want to repeat material from eight no. years ago. But if anyone wants to, like... It's a really quirky way of getting guys to get off with you. Um, if you can put matches out in your mouth, um, I found when I was kid, Did it work a lot
0: for you? I'm not sure yeah. that would... I suppose you think if, they can, if she can do that with matches, imagine...
1: What she, what, what she can do with my... Dick? dick? <laughs> well, if it's on fire. <laughs> my <dick's> on fire. <laughs> if my dick is on fire, yeah. she could, yeah. Um, I built up, I, yeah, built up, which you may remember from one match to 15, but then it all backfired. So I used to, it's all to do with confidence, like so many things are. And I could do 15 when I was 15, having built up from one. At, clasping them all and then just depriving them of oxygen essentially and then i tried to do it in earlsfield um (laughs) when i was about 28 29 and i couldn't do it and i just burnt my mouth yeah yeah it'd
0: be terrible if that's the way you died
1: (laughs) yeah it'd be such a sort of pathetic way not even like trying to do it the first time and failing trying to repeat something (laughs) from your teenage years (laughs) yeah
0: well i was listening today to your uh, podcast um uh, the things we do for love, which you did four episodes of in 2017, thought, yeah, and they're good, And you thought, "Ah, oh, I'll just leave that, And now you're returning to it, and you'll after four years to produce some more episodes, so that's good. Uh, but um, what I liked about it was, I listened to the John Robbins one, which is the first one in which John Robbins is very drunk and very indiscreet. Uh, He's and it's,
1: so indiscreet, it's isn't
0: he? Just one of the. F- I was running and I had to stop running. It's the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing people uh, email me to tell me about. They tell me how they were driving. They have to pull over or they're going to die because I'm so funny. Yeah. Um, I hope someone listening to that laughed sarcastically and then crashed. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Ah! I mean, and those are the people who email you. There must be people who laugh so much they do crash and die, Absolutely. and they don't. You they don't get. Out. you don't find out. Yeah. And I'd love to know. So if, you, if, you, if that happens, please text someone and say, it was Richard Herring that did this. He killed me. Um, anyways, very, but, but what I think, I, I've done one, of course, because I'm in the new series. Yes. We, we did it remotely. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm, but you're very good at getting people to open up. I think you're incredibly good at getting people to open up. But what I really like about it is talking about those, the ridiculous things you especially did as teenagers and, you know, even younger to try and impress the opposite sex. Yeah. And it's a sort of, it's a very good, I mean, I know you've tapped it, but it's a largely untapped thing because it's, even John sort of in the one he did is too embarrassed really to, he's still cringing with embarrassment.
1: I think you're, yeah, and actually, people think they haven't. And when Nick Helm did it, he was like, I didn't really used to do anything. And then you always find stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, that time I constructed a house out of soda bread because they said they loved it. Oh, yeah, you know. You you remember, like, yeah, it's weird. I think you bury things as well because you're so embarrassed.
0: Yeah, well, in this one, which I think you do talk about in your book as well, is that you talk about having made a a penguin, a papier-mâché penguin uh, called Roy. To, yeah, to impress someone who was not who was not impressed. Uh, it was yes. an attempt to rescue a relationship.
1: It was an attempt to rescue a relationship, um, and I he, his favourite animal animals were penguins. And we'd been to London Zoo, and there was a penguin called Roy who was like a bit slower than the others at like getting fish, and um, we felt really sorry for him because he was always left behind. I remember that his name was called Roy, so I thought, well, how can I save this relationship? And I always had in my mind like. This is how I've always thought. It's like, if I put enough work in, everything will be all right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was like, if I devote all this time to it, he will carry on going out with me forever. That's the way (laughs) things work. (laughs) So I have to... And I never do things by halves. Some people would have made a little penguin, but I was like, right, it's gonna be a fucking massive penguin. It was like six feet high. It was yeah. higher, <laughs> higher than me. Having never constructed... I'm not anyone who, like, works with their hands. You know, people seem to instinctively know how to do, like... I don't know, work with wire and stuff. And yeah. I'm just like... I did ceramics GCSE, actually, but... Um, I just put loads of clay through a mincer and made a 3D Weetabix box that, again, was about six foot high (laughs) (laughs) for fucking ages.
0: That was my whole GCSE course. Did you not think about making a ceramic penguin, seeing you had the skill in that area?
1: That's a good idea, but I didn't. You've got to have, um, like, I'd forgotten stuff like how to get air bubbles out of clay and I didn't have access to a kiln. But that's a very good point. If anyone's thinking of making a penguin with someone and have access to a kiln, that would have been so much better than what I made. Um, (laughs) But I went to a building merchant in East Dulwich, where I lived then, and spent, this is on the first day, like 50 quid on wire. <laughs> like a big roll of wire, and I didn't understand how to bend it. So I just left it in the shape of the roll, and I was like, well, that'll have to be his body. Uh, <laughs> And I was glad that the decision had been made for me. I was like, that has to be his body, because I don't understand how to bend it, and it's really stiff, so I can't <laughs> bend it into any other position. Then I decided to build shelves into his stomach, because as I said, I don't do things by heart. <laughs> so I built shelves into his stomach, then covered him with papier-mâché, and I was like, what shall I do with the head? Because it's the most important bit. So I got the light shade down from my, uh, from my light in my room, and I stuffed it with pages of the Daily Mail, which I got free from the newsagent down the road, which presumably meant if he'd, come from, if he'd come to life, he would have had some really interesting opinions. <laughs> um, but he did not. Um, and I stuffed it with... Uh, Yeah, stuffed it with those, covered his face with papier-mâché and then did the beat. And then his head could go at any angle. And the angle of the head really changed the vibe (laughs) of Roy. Like, if he looked sad anyway, because his shelves were never used. (laughs) Never. No. Um, But if you put his head on one side, he looked so sad. Like, really melancholy. But anyway, I had to take him on the bus and everyone was asking... Questions, is it a badger? Um, What what are you doing? Where are you going with that? Um, It was like the only time in London people have ever spoken to each other. Yeah. Um, And then I got it to his door and it was clear. It it was just... But the thing is, right, if you do a big romantic... And it's very interesting, what is romance? Is that romantic if he doesn't want the gift? I don't know if it is. I think romance is only romance when both parties find it nice.
0: Yeah. Well, that but that's love, isn't it? Love's only nice when both. It's like if, yeah. if it's, it's unrequited love. Uh, yeah, that's is, true. Is just stalking, giving yes. someone a giant penguin they don't want is a, stra- is a strange thing. You know, and from from his point of view, this is probably a different story.
1: No. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: She brought me this giant penguin, he was taller than me. She wanted me to keep my DVDs in it. (laughs) 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 I don't even remember seeing the penguin at the zoo, she kept going on about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even Richard Curtis wouldn't put that in one of his... even in his least believable films. No,
1: and it wouldn't... Would it go into one of those kind of quirky American lo-fi films, do you think, from about eight years ago, (laughs) where...
0: Yeah, it could, what, the sort of, where where the kook, a very, very kooky, lovable female protagonist. Yes. It could go into one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, With a
1: kind of geeky guy and they meet at a house party, she makes him a penguin and he's made her a donkey at the same time.
0: (laughs) Although I still feel she would get it for the wrong, even in that film, she'd give it to the wrong guy who would think it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then maybe some guy would go, hey, I like your gigantic penguin that I can keep things in sad penguin let's get together yeah maybe that would be it maybe you should have waited until you met someone maybe you did I mean maybe you've been giving this penguin to everyone ever since yes I took it with
1: me and then now it's the litmus test (laughs) Uh, I take them to the zoo I say look at that little penguin he's not getting any fish do you want a penguin Um, he put him he put Roy Roy stayed in the corner of the room and then watched our sexless relationship (laughs) dissolve uh And then he got put in the attic.
0: Roy or the boyfriend? uh, The
1: the boyfriend. (laughs) Okay. Um, Roy got put in the attic because the boyfriend moved. Okay. Um, And when I appeared on Would I Lie to You, I, with the ex boyfriend's permission, the producer of Would I Lie to You went to the old flat (laughs) because they liked the Roy story. Yeah. um, Thought it painted me in a great light um, and wanted Roy to appear on what I Lie to You, which would have been really lovely. Yeah. And so the producer went to the flat and the woman kindly let her in and let her up into the <laughs> attic, and Roy wasn't there. Oh
0: my God. I know. It had come to life. It's a new <laughs> film. <laughs> 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 the killer Papier Maché Penguin. Oh but imagine like buying that or renting that house out next and, find, and discovering that. Probably someone smashed it to pieces when they thought it was an intruder in their attic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A giant crow. Do you know what? If I move, we are going to move later in the year. If I find a puppy and a penguin in the attic, give me a cheer if you'd love that. One,
0: two, three. Yeah, my, okay. don't, these are not a cross section of society that you should be. <laughs> <laughs> they would like if they found anything in their attic that they could pretend was their friend. These people. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love you. Not everyone gets my meanness. Then some people think I mean it. I don't, yeah, I do. So they are correct, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very why why the why the long gap between. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to just do four in a series. What know, happened? Really did you remember. did you just have stuff to do, Izzy? Because that's yeah, I, I do a like, podcast every week because I don't have anything to do.
1: I felt like I kind of conquered podcasts. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Who did I do? Uh, John Robbins, Nick Helm, Josh Weddickum, and Danielle Ward. I think. Yes. Um. Why? But yeah. We, why the gap? Um just had other shit to do i don't yeah. know i had a kid did i 2017 yeah yeah i had another kid yeah um i did yeah and then we recorded one with josie uh and then she wanted some stuff taken out of it and then that went on for years where she didn't listen to it and right. uh, i didn't listen to either and they said so we are going to release that we've just recorded loads as you yeah. as you said so
0: Well, good. I'm glad. I think it's a really uh, good idea. Why do you think you're so? Why is it? I mean, I think maybe it's is it just your honesty that once you've talked about that penguin, there's nowhere. Yeah, I think if you don't
1: say I made a gigantic penguin for someone who was falling out of love with me, yeah, you can't expect people to be like, I don't know. (laughs) drained my own blood into a locket and gave it to them and they didn't want to go out on me anymore. Like, people do admit weird yeah.
0: stuff that they've done. And,
1: yeah, I, I think that you have to lay yourself on the line, too. I don't think it's fair otherwise. Yeah.
0: But even, like, because there's a story in um, your book, the actual one, about when you went for your smear test, did the nurse kind of opened up to you about her problems with her yeah, own kids? Yeah, that was...
1: God, yeah. So I went for my smear test... I had to, so I had one abnormal smear, which was fine in the end. But I remember... So I always remembered that I had to have smears on Valentine's Day. Because that was... And I had to have them yearly. So it was also really romantic to go for a smear test on Valentine's Day. But it meant I always remembered to go. So when I went, she said, When was your last smear? And I said, Valentine's Day last year. Um, and then, yeah, she just ended up... She was telling me about lots of stuff about her family. And there was a lot of stuff going on and... It was like a very sad situation and she hadn't even started doing the smear <laughs> at that point um, and then I lay down and she got out this laminated sheet of how to do a smear test and I was thinking are you really a nurse like <laughs> um, and then she did it but and I hadn't worn a skirt which girls in the audience you will know it's better to wear a skirt to a smear test or you just end up with like a top and your socks on <laughs> like you're kind of a British man having sex in a carry-on film like, you know <laughs> like with like a short t-shirt and socks i was like what the fuck so then she started crying so she hadn't got the thing up um she i was lying there naked she'd looked at the laminated sheet we've had this heart to heart i'm sure i must have opened up to her yeah because i do it without thinking i don't know if the penguin thing had happened then i think it might have been around that time maybe okay. i told her about the penguin and in return yeah. she'd opened up to me like we felt very close <laughs> to each other um and the procedure hadn't begun, and then she started crying. So I got up and hugged her, except I was naked from the waist down. And she was obviously in a nurse's uniform, so it was fine, but I remember thinking, God, if someone walks in now, like, what? how could you explain it? I told her about a penguin. And, she, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then the smear yeah, took place. The smear was
0: fine. And it was the all, smear was fine. It was all fine. Yeah. Thank goodness for yeah. that. Yeah. Very, I'm just, I just—I can't stop thinking about the laminated sheet. It's good to have it laminated for that. So you don't want to. Yeah. So you true. just have to keep photocopying it and putting it <laughs> printing up a new it one. It's like a
1: menu, greasy menu at a restaurant <laughs> in Alicante.
0: So I can't remember because we we did it last. We did our one last year during lockdown. I can't remember what I said in it even now. I'm sure I said. Oh, that. you did say stuff. Did yeah. I say a lot of stuff? Absolutely. Oh,
1: you. God. Yeah. You were. You were great.
0: I was I? Like, yeah. That doesn't sound good. I'm very. <laughs> I'm very private. I like to keep my private life very private. So I don't usually talk about <laughs> <laughs> my bollock. Um. I was
1: thinking about you know you are saying you auctioning it. Off. Yeah. Have I have I ever told you about the wart on my head? No, I don't but, think so. Okay, so in Edinburgh Festival in 2005, I did The Comedy Zone, which you... No, did, I, didn't, no, no I never did you it. You didn't do sure, it, okay. Sure
0: did the first one, I think.
1: The Comedy Zone is a package show. How would you describe it? It's kind of a tricky show, it isn't is it? It
0: its difficult, yes. Yeah, so it's three acts and a comp, I think. So it's like trying to recreate a London club, but it's on quite late in the, and, and usually in the cabaret bar it used to be at the Pleasant so it was quite a difficult gig
1: yes I found, and I found it very hard I'd only just got 20 minutes of stand up and it, it, a large part of it was a story about a squirrel biting my hand which I admit didn't really have an ending um, and that was the year that I'd got paid 20 quid to get off um, <laughs> by a guy who heckled from the back and said I hate you so much I'll give you 20 quid <laughs> now yeah. in that same year a wart I think through stress began to develop on my forehead oh my and i God. thought it was a spot and then it got the appearance of like a caulif a tiny cauliflower <laughs> yeah. with amazingly intricate like leaves on it like it was sort of beautiful but i was like mm, better grow a fringe um, and it got bigger and bigger and we were walking along and anna crilly who um is a great actress and did stand up then um, we walked along and she said you've got a bee on your head And I said, no, it's a wart. Because by that point, I'd realised it wasn't a spot. Then Ed Weeks uh, said, you've got a bee on your head. I was like, no, it's not a fucking bee. It's a wart that looks like a cauliflower. Um, Anyway, so I ended up going to King's College Hospital and it had to be uh, burnt off with acid. So a guy put acid on a stick and um, and applied it.
0: Even the doctors wouldn't touch it. It was that gross. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: It <laughs> was like a six-foot-long stick he'd got from his garden. <laughs> Get out! You're cursed. Um, and he said, "It's going to turn black. It's going to look, look like a rice crispy, and it's going to fall off. And that is what happens." So yeah. it died effectively but it was still attached to my head and I went and did this gig in Porth Call um, which was a really hard gig if you were English uh, um, I have to admit it was a nice audience but they sometimes gave you a bit of a hard time and I died horribly um, and Mark Olver was comparing and uh, I sort of did my 20 minutes and it was very unpleasurable for everyone involved Um, and then I did a mock bow at the end and the wart fell off (laughs) and it was like a metaphor for how bad the evening was (laughs) so then Mark Oliver went back on and picked it up he touched it and he put it into a sherry glass and he auctioned it off so that something good had come of Um, my trip to
0: Wales I find it quite offensive that you think that's similar to a testicle. I have to say that that is in any way (laughs) equal to the struggle I've been through, the the cancer that I've had to endure this year. So, I'm very offended by by that story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so those will be. By the time this goes out, those the your series. Well, are you going to drop them all at once, or are they going out weekly? The the, Uh, the, I
1: can't remember. Our producer knows.
0: He'll know. Yeah. Ben. Three in the first week and then weekly. I just got. I I felt. Weird. I felt. I, felt, I, felt <laughs> I can just communicate telepathically <laughs> with him from anywhere in the world. Your producer for some reason. Uh, we share a producer. Uh, that's pretty good. Well, I, I, it's a it's a strong recommend, and you'll find out some stuff about me. Apparently, that I can't, I genuinely have no idea what. Really, that's I, I the can't good remember. Thing when, yeah, you can't remember. <laughs> and what was nice about the uh, the uh, the first series was obviously all recorded with an audience, and you get the kind of audience involved, and you get some great. It was just. That first one especially, just endless story after story, everything that was coming out, I don't know how much you record to get that, but it just felt like, you know.
1: No, it was, yeah, when the audience got involved, it was good, it was like, yeah. Trisha, seeking a better, <laughs> um, I, made, I went on Trisha once and I- um, Did You yeah. I did a play called Frog in Love in Norwich in 2003. Um, And I had never been on telly and I was like, I want to get on telly and I don't care what I'm doing. And Trisha is filmed, was I guess, filmed in Norwich. So I made me, the frog and the rat go to Trisha. They're the other cast members, not my nicknames for them. Um, That's what they played. And uh, we went and it was a reunion show. Anyway, it just reminds me they get the audience to talk in Trisha, and I talked in that Trisha show. Wow.
0: I mean, if I'd known about that, that could have been what you were best known for.
1: Oh yes. Well, next when I do the next one in eight years, yeah, when I'm okay.
0: fifty, <laughs> you can say. Don't say fifty. Like I, I'm, I'm fifty-four by the time this goes out. I'm fifty-four years old, and that Boris Johnson's just ruined the big birthday party that I had planned for my. That's a shame. Oh no,
1: really? No, I
0: didn't. I didn't, okay. I didn't have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you, I was got a boat. I think. Actually, my last birthday was good. I went round, you know, it was slightly relaxing. We could go round to my in-laws and we played Viking Cubs, which is like a game where you throw bits of wood at other bits of wood. And it was one of the best birthdays I've had. I don't really, you know, I think when you get in your 50s, you don't feel like celebrating. But I didn't even do anything for my 50th. Didn't you? No, I I really didn't feel like doing anything for my 50th. Whereas I did for my 40th. Did you do anything for your 40-year-old? Well, I was
1: pregnant, and I uh. couldn't tell anyone. So, okay. um, no. And then I was going to do something for my 41st, and I, ha- I had a kid, a baby, so I didn't. Yeah. And then last year I was 42, and it was lockdown, so maybe this August. Yeah, might. maybe. I don't know, though. I don't know. I've never been a big party thrower. I like no. going to parties, but I hate feeling the responsibility for yeah, people it's a having lot. a time. You know, I, I've, yeah.
0: I've, I've enjoyed the enforced not be, having to socialise thing. I'm glad that we... Oh, I can't come to anything. And then now it's good, I've said this before, but once you've had cancer and people ask you to do stuff, you can go, oh, sorry, I've had cancer. And then they go, oh, God, I'm sorry for our... Like Like, I've got so many people asking me to do podcasts and I go, the thing is I've just had cancer. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> yeah. fine, I'm a than I've ever been in my life. I just don't want to do your podcast. <laughs> But it's great you get that. Really, I can't. I don't know how long I can milk it for.
1: I think no. I think you yeah. can milk it forever now. I, mean, I, I had cancer fifty years ago. I still don't want to do your fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that could be a podcast. How long can you milk the cancer thing? Be, for?
0: Well, I'm good. I'm definitely going to milk it. I milked that bollock while it was here. I'm going to certainly milk it. <laughs> certainly milk it now. It's gum. I'm going to ask you some new emergency questions. I've got some new ones. I'm writing a new book of emergency questions. Okay. So I'm going to try out some of the new ones on you. Uh, even I don't remember what I've written here. I've just got a document here with the newest ones. So I'll come down the bottom and see what's down there. Um, oh, oh uh, yeah, let's try this one. This, isn't, this, is, this is a... Would you rather be happy, grumpy, sleepy, bashful, sneezy, dopey or some kind of unspecified doctor? All lowercase. I'm not asking which dwarf you'd like to be, I'm asking which <laughs> okay. which of those.
1: Not well, who would choose to be grumpy? Well, he's all right. Some people would. Yeah.
0: Some people do choose to be grumpy. <laughs> yeah, they
1: really do. They love yeah. it. Um, happy, grumpy, bashful.
0: Bashful, sleepy, sneezy, dopey, or some kind of unspecified doctor. I
1: think some kind of unspecified yeah, doctor. I think that would be good. Yeah.
0: And never specify what you can do. Oh never. No. Okay. That was not a good question. Well, no, I
1: think it... No, I think... I mean, I'd be interested to see who chose Sneezy. Because I think that's quite... I mean, if that was your main trait, if that was on your gravestone, you wouldn't have led a great life. They were Sneezy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how Sneezy got through. I did do a sketch years ago on As It Occurs To me, About the, the genuine names that they, if you go to Wikipedia, they, have, they, they had about 40 names that they considered. Oh, so how, did So Howard sneeze. Sneezy got through. One of them was Titsy, which I think would have loved to see, tit, Titsy the Dwarf. God. I presume Titsy means something else, but I hope they, they played it just a, a Titsy Dwarf. Why not? <laughs> uh, okay, how about this? Would you rather co-own a car with Jimmy Carr, a lorry with Laurie Anderson, or a van with Van Morrison?
1: Wow, that's great. Okay. Um, okay, well, I think Jimmy Carr would have a, gre- a very good car.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think he'd probably be using it a lot and I'd feel under pressure to keep it clean. <laughs> um, and our car has got moss growing on the... Our car's still like the kind of car that we had as stand-ups 15 years ago, right. even though we've got two kids now. It's got a flower and a blade of grass growing out of the windscreen, <laughs> nice. w- which have now been taken off cause it went through a car wash, but the moss has not been taken <laughs> off by the car wash and it's growing along every window. Yeah. And it got it got burgled the other day someone went along the road and stole stuff from every car and we only noticed about an hour into the journey <laughs> like it's so messy so i feel like jimmy Carr and i wouldn't really go no, co- in a car out. very well so a lorry with Laurie anderson i am not a very confident driver i don't think i'd like driving a n- lorry okay. i don't think the mirrors business would go down very well with me so it would have to be um the third one. The van
0: with Van Morrison. Yeah, the
1: van with Van Morrison. I reckon I could drive a van. I saw Van Morrison perform once at an outdoor venue in yeah. Cheshire. It was perfectly nice.
0: He chooses to be grumpy though, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. But then if I'm an unspecified doctor, maybe I could <laughs> cure him. You
0: could cure him. Alright, I'll do one more and then we'll move back to proper questions. I'm just trying these out. We're just seeing how they go. Um, I'm sure there were some good ones. Let me see if I can find one of the good ones. I have wrote loads this week, didn't I? Oh, shit, I've got to do so many. I felt like, oh, this listen, I want, I want to know really the answer to this question. Would you rather eat a full Christmas dinner for every meal every day or eat a medium-sized Easter egg every two hours for the rest of your life? Oh, my. You'd have to finish the Christmas dinner each time. The amount of food on the plate would be ratified by an independent Christmas dinner expert (laughs) to be of an average Christmas dinner size, and they'd also determine what items were in the dinner. You'd still have to eat the Easter eggs at night time, so you would need to set your alarm to go off every two hours. (laughs) You would not be required to eat the sweets that come with the Easter egg, only the egg itself, but you could eat the sweets if you wanted. You'd be allowed to eat other food if you wished on the Easter egg option, but not on the Christmas dinner. But one. not on the Christmas yeah.
1: dinner option, okay. So that's <laughs> Christmas dinner three times a day. Yeah. Um. I do love Christmas dinner. Yeah. Uh. I. But I. I don't know. I think it might get a bit
0: yeah. much. Yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <I think> it's <laughs> me insane. Would. It, it gets a bit l- much at Christmas, doesn't
1: yes, it? Yes, it does. After one go at it. <laughs> it um. Easter eggs. I mean, I look who. What girl doesn't love chocolate? <laughs> um, but would I like to eat every two hours? I mean, setting the alarm two hours every night reminds me of having to pump milk yes. when I had newborns. Um, and I got to watch episodes then of box sets. Yep. So, I mean, if I had to get up every two hours in the night, presumably I'd get a lie-in. and wouldn't
0: have to do the morning with the kids. You'd have to get up every two hours in the... two yeah. It's 12 Easter eggs a, a day. I mean, I'm talking that's, you know, that's the size. Medium size. Yeah, medium, not the big ones. I'm not no, insane. No. Yeah. But also not the 99p ones. The ones that cost about three ninety nine. Y- yes,
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Where you get like um one small packet of like chocolate buttons inside. Yeah, yeah. Not a mug though. You Mugs probably wouldn't get a mug.
0: The, Often yeah. the mug comes with a slightly smaller Easter egg because they feel that you're getting the value from the mug.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think I'd go for the Easter okay, egg. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: How long do you think you'd live? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, an either option, really.
1: I guess, well, how long would you live with a Christmas dinner? Well, Christmas dinner you'd put on weight, I imagine. Yeah. But. You'd you'd not, you be don't getting... fill
0: your wood with the 12 Easter eggs today? No?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 you would. But with Christmas dinner, you'd be getting lots of fruit and veg, probably. You've got brussels sprouts, carrots, peas, do you have with your Christmas dinner?
0: Sometimes? Not peas for Christmas dinner. Okay, carrots parsnips, though, brussels, carrots, parsnips, carrots, uh, lots of different types of potato. Cauliflower?
1: Not <laughs> traditional! <laughs> okay, let's, this is a good game. Broccoli?
0: <laughs> no broccoli. Okay, um, we
1: have broccoli sometimes.
0: Cranberry sauce?
1: Oh no, I don't like cranberry sauce. Okay. Yeah, this ratified by the. The ratified independent, guy would yeah. definitely put. That Is in. that you?
0: That person? <laughs> no, it's not me. We're yeah. independent. Okay. I'm not a Christmas dinner expert. I can't even think of all the things that go into it right now. Um, turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you'd get, you'd be getting at least, I'd say, four or five veg. No fruit. Every yeah. day. Yeah. I reckon you'd live forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's healthier um, than Easter eggs.
1: <laughs> Easter eggs, you'd be getting no fruit or veg, no protein apart from the milk in the chocolate. I reckon you'd live for maybe a year and a half. Yeah.
0: yeah. My kids would definitely go for them. My kids would happily eat chocolate all the time. Oh I wonder how long God, it would take too. even a child to go, this is too much.
1: I, I think a really long time. A really
0: yeah, long time. a really long time. Right, let's get back to talking about you. Uh, you have a new novel out. Let's talk about that, which will be out again, hopefully, around about the same time as this podcast goes out. So if you're listening at home, uh, go and check wherever you get your books from. And if you're listening in the audience, you can pre order stuff. It's out there to get. It's very good. I've been reading it. It's called Jane is Trying. It's, it's not really about you. It feels like from the cover, I don't know if the cover's the cover. It looks like you on the cover. It looks like
1: me, upside down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but But she's got red hair. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I think they might have based... The cover designer might have done it from a photo of me, but no, it's not about me. We've got a few things in common, but no, it's not. It's not about me. Um,
0: So was that a deliberate choice to go away? Because you've obviously done autobiographical uh, shows and the last book.
1: The first book was about my 20s, wasn't it? And kind of about... Like all the escapades I got up to, and lots of like sex, and lots of making penguins and stuff. And then I met my partner and settled down and had kids. And then he was like, Oh, you don't mention me in the first book. And I said, Oh, that's because I'm going to write a second book about you and how happy I am. And then I realized that it's really boring to read about people being happy. Um, and there's no jeopardy. Uh, You know, the biggest jeopardy now is like, who's going to take the bins out? (laughs) So I think that's why it gets harder to write stand-up as you get older, because you're kind of doing less kind of fun stuff, in a sense. So, uh, yeah, I thought... And actually, it really appealed to me writing a novel, and I preferred it, uh, although it was harder. um, Because the other thing about writing about real people is... Like, with the first book, there were a lot of things where I thought, would this person be upset if they read this? And sometimes I had to change their name. And then with a novel, you can basically put real people in it, but change their gender or their name and then be like, they had a big (laughs) (laughs) moustache. Jenny will never guess it was her. Um, And then put in um, real stuff. So I liked that.
0: It's very good. Thank you. It's very funny. (laughs) Can I use that? You (laughs) can. You can put this on the cover. (laughs) It's very good. It's it's, it's, very good. It's like a proper book you know and as a comedian and we've gigged together you kind of think you know we're just comedians we're just messing around I mean I know you've always had this ability to write you write very poetic stand-up really as well but you've also done these radio shows and stuff but it you know it's a it's a proper novel but it's also unusually for a novel properly the jokes in it are properly funny and the you know make you laugh properly which isn't very usual for novels I have to say, even ones that think they're funny. So it's, it's a very, very enjoyable read. Um, so it's about a, a woman going back to leaving a cheating partner partner to go back to live with her parents. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to give too much away. There's some nice twists and stuff in this. I don't want to give any, too much away. But um, what what? so it, she's going back to sort of where you grew up, though, right? Yeah, she's More going
1: back to a place like Matlock, where yeah. I'm from in the Peak District. But I changed it. At one point, I was saying it's near, like, Stafford, and then Ellis just said, just make it near Matlock. Like, Ruth Jones doesn't write about Bristol, she writes about Wales, like, kind of... It's that weird thing where I was trying to come away from the thing that I think I probably write best, which is that small-town stuff that goes on, and so I have made it a slightly different place. It's a kind of mixture of Matlock and a place near it. Um, And she gets a job in a bookshop, and she's quite snobby, really, isn't she, about going back from London to this... Uh, this small town and her parents are very overprotective which mine my dad isn't with us anymore but my mom they're not really it was really fun to write these parents who were like always making her do stuff and
0: well but it's that interesting thing i think of of that idea of of going back home and feeling like that's a failure because it's a backward step in a way but also then obviously there's people who she knows who's stayed in that same place the whole time, which yeah. is I mean, when I in my my Radio Four sitcom, my, it's a, it's a sort of similar thing. My sister has lived almost next door to my parents nearly a whole life. She doesn't anymore, but near pretty much just around the corner. And I've been out, you know, and, and you go back and you kind of you know trying to work out which is the the better life really, because it's not all you know the the escaping isn't always. Uh, happy isn't it? which no. it isn't in this case
1: and also i think so many people in the past year have started thinking about moving away from london or yeah. where they've been living so it feels a, yeah it feels a bit more pertinent i suppose because of that which wasn't intentional because i started it long before covid right. long before <laughs> sure. it's taken about four years really right
0: um, i mean it's yeah. hard writing books right i mean it's it's Unless yeah,
1: you've... I think what's hard as well is you get your deadline and then it's kind of arbitrary, really, or it <laughs> has always been to me. Um, I don't know if the publishers would feel the same. <laughs> 18 years later, can we have our fucking advance back? Um, but, like, other stuff comes in, doesn't it? Yeah. And you go, oh, God, I'll do it next week So I've got to do this thing now. So actually, in a way, having my second child was a reason for me to finish it because I thought this is a good time to write because I can't really... I'm gonna take a bit of time off and then I'm gonna take things a bit more easily than I did with my first kid, sure. work wise. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, 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 it's very good. And I hope you're gonna, if, you, if you're writing more, if they, you already got some.
1: Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll have to see how this one goes with Ryan, um, who are the publishers. And then I have, got, I have got an idea for a young adult book. So I need to, I think it's probably a good idea to start thinking about the next book before I promote this one. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. My mum always said that to me with relationships. She was like, before you finish the relationship, I mean, it's so presumptuous to think i am the one. Darling, before you finish the relationship, always have the next one lined up. (laughs) Like, that was always, always genuinely her advice. Like, don't kind of have all your eggs in one basket. So I kind of think that's good with work stuff, not to just be focused on one thing. So I think hopefully while I'm promoting this in July... Yeah. I'll be thinking about the next thing. I've yeah. sort
0: of felt this year that, right, you know, I, but I sort of hate writing. I mean, I've got to write, I'm writing, I have got to write a couple of books. But there's a part of me thinks, that would be a, quite a nice way just to sort of see out however long's left, just to sit at home and write books.
1: What, um, you mean for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like The thing is, though... Do you do do this thing that I do, where you imagine... When you imagine yourself writing, you imagine yourself a rusty old typewriter (laughs) gazing out on a snowy scene. But then the the actuality is that you've maybe snatched an hour while the kids (laughs) are fighting in the living room and you've got to bang out a thousand words in 20 minutes. That was what I found.
0: Yeah, well, I'm very bad at sitting down on the chair. Once I'm sitting down on the chair and I'm stuck to the chair... I don't, I, maybe I should try literally sticking myself to the chair. Then I'm quite. Then I am quite good. But it, the, it's it's all the waiting around trying to get to the chair that I that I find difficult. So. Everyone does,
1: definitely. Yeah. yeah. It,
0: but then, the you know that the impetus of the deadline sort of works for me. Though I agree with books, it is a bit elastic. Yeah. It's more elastic. I guess when you're writing TV scripts and radio scripts, there's usually a broadcast date, or there's people waiting for the scripts. Yeah. to do their part of the job. <laughs> so you've kind of <laughs> got to be a bit better with those, though yeah. not everyone is. Um, I want to talk about Matlock. Did you ever see Simon Groom around in Matlock? Is Simon Groom from Blue Peter? Yeah.
1: No, no, but I know that he's from there.
0: Yeah.
1: No. The most famous person I ever saw in Matlock was, we saw Take That. Right. They came to play Matlock Bath Illuminations Road Show. Okay. Um, in 1991. 1990- or 1991, yeah. And um, I didn't really understand. I thought they were kind of buskers because the only other live music that I'd seen was busking in Derby. So when they'd <laughs> finished, and Jason Orange leant on an amp and sang a song to me, okay. just looking at me. I think, yeah, it was weird. You just picked yeah. me out of the crowd. And so to say thank you at the end, I took the pound coin out of my pocket that my dad had given <laughs> me for chips and threw it at his head. <laughs> Like to, but I didn't mean for it to hit him on the head. It yeah. was like me thinking, oh, you know, they've come all the way out here from Stoke yeah. to do this gig. I've got to say thank you. And he looked really surprised that someone had thrown a pound at him. That's
0: probably why he left. That's why he's not in Take That anymore. Is he? It yeah. was probably that pound incident. I'm not. Why if I get a pound thrown at me again? <laughs> oh. Poor old Jason Orange.
1: It's better to throw notes, isn't it, than coins? Yeah, I
0: think to take that, probably don't give them any cash. I mean, I think to them, getting cash is probably an insult. If people start throwing money, actually, no, I'd be happy if people start throwing. I was going to say. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. That'd be really good.
1: Better than knickers or you know, what do people throw at bands or knickers, bras? Yeah, That's I mean I'd it. take
0: those. I mean, not yeah. so much from this lot.
1: I, when I was in bands, like, when I was, I was in so many bands when I was at school, yeah. my, one of my first live gigs, we got lit fags and full cans of beer thrown at us. <laughs> it was so bad. Or <laughs> the audience was so mean, yeah.
0: I oh, it's still nice to get beer.
1: You know. Yeah, what exactly. It- they were throwing, maybe they wanted to give us beer. Yeah. And be fags. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They just didn't know how to react like you were. <laughs> take that. What is the naughtiest thing you did in Lee's Park? In Matlock, that is, for people who aren't from Matlock.
1: Oh, um... I... I think it's probably... Yeah, it's, it's jumping off the bridge. Okay. Yeah. Into, I into, off, into some water? I or? jumped off the bridge into some water. I was going across the bridge. There are two bridges in Lee's Park. Yeah. I jumped off the one that is less high. <laughs> but it's still pretty high. It's about as high as this balcony, um...
0: Oh, it's high. Yes.
1: yes. For people uh,
0: at home that it's quite imagine something quite high. <laughs> I think we've got it.
1: And we were walking along and I was and I was one of those kids that if people say jump I say how high and they say off a bridge. <laughs> um, and it was raining and my friend said that her brother had jumped into the river from the bridge the other day and swum around and it was really cool. Right. Um, and because um, it was raining the river looked a lot deeper and it wasn't. So I sat on the top of the bridge for a bit and everyone said go on do it do it do it do it and so I jumped and I had bright red hair then died and I landed with my foot at right angles to my ankle my left foot and broke broke the ankle immediately Um, because my hair was red and it was raining and I'd landed in the water my hair was all in my eyes and I was like my eyes are bleeding! <laughs> like, I can only see blood! And then someone said, your hair's in your eyes. And then I was so relieved that my eyes weren't bleeding. That I sort of tried to walk on the ankle because I was so full of adrenaline and then it became clear. And oh someone goodness. wheeled me home on their skateboard. And then my mum went absolutely crazy um, yeah. and I had to be in plaster for a while and then I lay on the sofa and watch Wimbledon for a whole summer because it happened at the beginning of summer and then I wanted to be a tennis player and I berated my parents for not recognizing my talents as a tennis player earlier <laughs> um, but really all I did was I don't know if you did this as well when you were younger but all I did was plan out how I'd be really funny on the tennis court like none of the actual moves and then I went with my friend and played and it was shit and I was shit and I was like oh, I don't want to be a tennis player anymore a very short-lived change of ambition
0: yeah. Oh. yeah wow that was a good question I must ask that to everyone you might What's be the
1: naughtiest thing you've done in hall Park,
0: park yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I did a lot of naughty things in that park I bet you did that's yeah. what I
0: thought I just think it's I don't, there was a, we, there was the there was Cheddar Gorge in Cheddar where we did fairly naughty things, but I was never very naughty. Yeah. We drank cider and um, and now I, when it got really naughty, I was too scared to go. I was a very and you know a very cautious and goody goody. Yeah, child. So you
1: remember you saying that on on my podcast yeah. that you were actually yeah you were kind of
0: well like the my, the, the, my friends all, I'm going to dob them in now they all came up with the idea there was a wishing well. up the gorge would like people would throw money into it like it but it wasn't like an official thing it just had loads of coins at the bottom and they came up the idea of going there one night and just diving in and getting loads of the coins and i said i i wouldn't do it because i was scared of getting caught and dying i think not for any reason that's totally fair enough (laughs) that we were stealing from charity but they they did they nearly got caught i think they got like about 50p each out there But uh, so they they would do naughty things. But I was I when it got too naughty. If it was silly, I would do it. But yes. But if my it dad was... my dad was my headmaster, I had to behave. Yeah. But I was a I was a very square kid. I didn't take drugs. We drank. That's all we did. We drank from a young age. Just, was there a lot of teenage drinking in Matlock? Oh God, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine Matlock's you know taking lots of drugs, or people would take lots of drugs. Yeah. In all Yeah. It's Park. a sort of
1: because there's not
0: much to do. Yeah. But I
1: imagine it's the same. I think way, it was the yeah. same
0: in Ched, I was just too you were just on the outside. I was too of it. square.
1: Yeah, no, lots of that. And, um, but a sort of very hippieish creative place. Like it was a good really good place to grow up. Yeah, lots of magic mushrooms growing in nearby fields and yeah. stuff. I
0: mean there was loads of that. Yeah. There was loads of that. I don't know. I don't know how I avoided drugs until my mid thirties. You made up for it. Didn't really. <laughs> Didn't I never really fancied drugs and then I just I had some in the end just to see. They still didn't like it very much. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for me. Um, don't take drugs, kids. You do. You guys there worried about you too? Um, according to the wet net worth website on the internet, have you seen these net worth? Oh, websites? net worth. Yeah. No, it's inter- they They hedge their bets. They obviously don't know who most people are, and most people get the same basic income, a guess of their income, which is usually quite wrong. But what's interesting about yours, I found 2019 and 2020, uh, and it says in 2019, your net worth was $50,000 to $2 million. Okay. And in 2020, though, it was $100,000 to $5 million. What happened in 2020 (laughs) to double your income? Your income definitely doubled during the pandemic. Were you a friend of Matt Hancock? And you said, "What happened?" <laughs> you, found you could out have well. up to five million dollars, American dollars. How did it i <laughs> um, That's so hedging your bets. I love it. Fifty k to two million. I That's love like, it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Um, no, I'm not a secret friend of Matt Hancock. No. I've never met him.
0: Did you have a good 2020 financially speaking? I did
1: some voiceovers, but right. they only kept me ticking over. I was very grateful. Did them from the wardrobe told Alice to fuck off on a zoom call in front of loads of people from an ad agency <laughs> while well, i was true <laughs> but you know at the beginning of did anyone else uh, people must identify with this you know at the beginning when it was like everyone was suddenly working from home and all these things that you realize that you relied on like technology for us were just gone yeah and I, i'm so bad with technology i'm awful and the work. i actually think i might go on a course at the library of how to like i'm not joking i didn't know until reasonably recently that you could have more than one computer tab open i used to put the new address into the one page every time i mean i am awful and i panic and get stressed really easily and i had to do this voiceover from under the ironing board covered in a duvet with both kids in both crying and uh, ellis was trying to teach me how to use this mic and in front of loads of people from the ad agency on Zoom, I told him to fuck off. Um, and then, then I had to get him back because I didn't know how to work the mic. So, um, but luckily they, they used me again. So yeah, but no, I, I mean, I'm sorry to say that the voiceovers did not amount to that okay. much of a, do you of think a you gain. Do
0: you think you weren't between a hundred thousand US dollars and five million, or do you think- it, no, no, no. What is net worth though? Is net worth that's not how much you earn. That's how much you've got. I think net worth is probably how everything. much you've
1: got if you sold everything—the value of your house yeah. and.
0: Uh, you've got hundred k, America, well, American U.S. dollars. US dollars? I mean, it's about the same now, thanks to Brexit. But you okay. know, it's... So have I got
1: hundred k if I include our if house? If you sold yes. your house and
0: yeah. you know the, the kids' organs and stuff, <laughs> and your own organs, but go for the kids first.
1: <laughs> um, uh, yes, we've yeah. got yeah. So it's yeah. right. It's yes, correct. it is yes, correct.
0: Or, is, or do you, would you say you've got over 5 million US dollars?
1: No, I would not say okay, that. Okay, so it's right.
0: Yeah. So we can trust those. <laughs> that Vegas. They've got between naught and 5,000 billion pounds. <laughs> I like the way they put in little, They try to put in little facts to make them, it look like... And some of them yeah, just go, do. don't know. Don't know how tall they are or how old they are. Anyway, yeah. It's, yeah, it's there. It's there. Um... How did you get on in House of Games and Pointless? Celebrities, I'd like to know, because I
1: House of Games, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I found it really funny that it's all filmed in one day, and you have to take a massive suitcase of clothes. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was in it was in Glasgow. The, mid, the No, it was not in Glasgow. It was in London. Okay. Um, it was in the middle of lockdown, and we weren't like allowed to touch each other at all. So, like, that sounds dodgy. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but like, so there was no hair and makeup, and I realised how reliant I am on the other other people to sort of do my makeup when yeah. i appear on telly and so that was weird because i was like i remember saying at one point to the makeup lady should i just do this thing to my hair should i tip my head upside down and she was like no 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 <laughs> um but yeah i, I really like doing that pointless celebrities uh, yes i think that's did, the second time I've, I've done it have you won um,
0: did you win or are we like and we to got say?
1: to the i can't remember okay we got we i think we did i did i did it once with alex horn and i think we got knocked out immediately
0: what you and alex horn yeah was it your yeah. fault? Uh,
1: it was a joint, a, okay. joint, a joint loss. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. Okay, good. Uh, and um, we haven't got too much longer, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to talk about, how, well, because since I've seen you, you've done loads of stuff. You did Man Down, you did the last series of Man Down. Was, did you ever work with Luke Skywalker on that? No, no. He Stephen Burkoff. Yeah, there were some big names. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, even in Peep Show, I mean, not even in Peep Show, but people have gone on to win Oscars and stuff from yeah. Peep Show. Yeah. So you've worked with some yeah. pretty important names. How did you find a man down? Oh, I really
1: loved it, but yeah. I know Greg, like, yeah, I know Greg, I suppose, already, yeah. and was Mike Wozniak, but yeah, I really liked it. I sort of always forget how tall Greg is, don't you? Yeah, he? he's very yeah. tall. How, when you stand next to him, do you have to look up?
0: Well, to... there's a photo, that, and we just put this podcast back up. There's the photo from the dressing room, me and him, and everyone says, yeah, you must be sitting down, and I'm genuinely not sitting down. He's, a, <laughs> he's over a foot taller than I am.
1: Yeah, it's... Um...
0: And it looks like ridiculous, but it looks like he's 10 feet taller than I am in the photo. <laughs> maybe a, I'm sitting down.
1: There's a great photo of him and Lucy Porter online. Yeah. <laughs> if you Google Greg Davis Lucy Porter, and I think she's literally maybe like a, a third of the size of him. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um but yeah no, i i it was it was really, really fun, yeah. and the director's lovely, and like it's a I haven't got anything bad or gossipy to say about that show
0: yeah it's a shame that it's not come back, I know
1: they left it on a cliffhanger yeah. with him in prison right um and I thought, oh it must mean it's coming back, but I don't know.
0: Well, maybe it will come back. I mean, yeah, he's quite—he's quite busy. He's very busy. I mean, you're quite busy yeah. as well. You did damned with Joe Brand. Yeah. Which I think I saw a Kevin Eldon. The actor Kevin Eldon's in that, and lots of people. Yeah. But that did—that did that only get one series? It got two. Did it?
1: Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if that'll go. I don't think that'll go again. No. But. Um, when things get cancelled, you always get that thing, do you? Where everyone's like, "We're going to fight. We're going to send it to. We're going to take it to HBO." And then it kind of,
0: yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that these. There's so many shows now. There, there's so many sitcoms, and it's so hard to get that impetus going to carry on because I think, like, even ten, maybe twenty years ago, there would be there would be a few, and you would get yeah. you'd be given a couple of series, and then maybe given another one as a, as, you know. Now it feels like. There's so many things. There'll just be a new one, new one, new they'll one. Move they don't, on. they, they'll, they'll move but you on. But you'd think the because thing. there
1: are more channels that people that things would get more of a chance, but it actually has the opposite effect.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And the, not enough people are, are seeing it. And you're also in a Wallace and Gromit video game, right?
1: Yeah, it's like an interactive <laughs> phone app. I love yeah. the way you said that. To me. You're also in. But a, you're not. Yeah. You're not
0: in one of the. You're not. Because I <laughs> no. think you. I think you could be in a Wallace and Gromit film with you as a live-action puppet.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, I'd love that.
0: Don't you think so? Because yeah. I think you look quite... You look like you belong in the Wallace. and I mean, this Thanks. is a great compliment. <laughs> I, I think you, I could see you acting alongside puppets, and it's not like you're live-action, it's you're one of the puppets. Do you
1: mean like me, like I'm a puppet, or do you mean like me appearing as me?
0: I mean, you, as you... Being being a puppet,
1: but like playing a puppet, or like someone makes a puppet of me. No, you are the puppet. <laughs> Everyone, all the
0: rest is puppets and stop frame animation, and you uh, you could just. you just like yeah. yeah. I think you look that. quite. You look quite Wallace. You could fit into yeah. the Wallace and Gromit universe. That's, the I, that's thing you've an ever said to me. That's an insult. What is Gromit like in real life? Well, I <laughs> I did my lines in a studio oh, alone. Yeah. And he doesn't um, speak. He doesn't speak. Yeah, so you didn't get to Yeah, he, he, he was didn't next get to me, me did, but he, yeah,
1: <laughs> they, they, were, they were very nice. Yeah. All, all the people involved in that. Yeah, but they're a
0: lovely, I mean, we've had Peter Lord on, uh, on the show, and because and they're Bristol guys, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been down there quite a lot. I know quite a lot of the guys there. Still, I haven't been, even been in a fucking video. I haven't even been in one of their stupid adverts. they have a load of pricks. <laughs> I got given a free morph. That's the only thing that's happened to me, and then it fell apart.
1: And so, you've had cancer, and I've had cancer,
0: and they still haven't. The last time I saw Peter Lloyd, he said, "You've got such an interesting voice. You should, you should do. You'd be great to be in one of our films." I mean, yeah,
1: that's
0: yeah. So what a what a lovely observation, Peter. Do you want to follow up on that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking prick. I'd like, but it's that's, that's an exciting thing to be involved. Oh, in. I
1: loved it, and actually, the so I am a. Um, they've made a what so. You might be on still have really bad with technology, but what are they called? The things that they are—they are they aren't, Are they puppets or? <laughs> they are. They're,
0: well, they're stop yeah. frame animation. Yeah. F- figurines, I guess. But I think puppets is fine. Yeah.
1: They made a puppet of so Lily, which is the character that I play. It really looks like me, yeah. and it sort of made me realise that yeah, you're perhaps right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've got just quite a Wallace and Gromit mouth, I think. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. Just like.
1: And also, I can do like you know in the era of putting matches out in my mouth there were loads of things that i used to do to like test guys to see if they still fancied me (laughs) after i did like the matches thing actually was a like a cool thing to do not a test but stuff like i can make i could at one point make myself have eight double chins um, (laughs) and i can try and do it now if you want i feel like it's quite wallace and gromity um i don't know if it'll be eight but this is what i used to do
0: Good. Thugs. Yeah, that's why I think they could have saved some money. Yeah. Because the thing, the stop frame animation is really expensive. If they just got people to be in it, they exactly. just find cartoonish looking people. <laughs> They're really And a weird the trick. dog. Yeah. Then they wouldn't have to spend all the time going. <laughs> Idiots. They're idiots in many ways, and you can do it just on a computer really quickly now. I don't know what's wrong with these guys.
1: <laughs> and famously, dogs will do whatever you want. Them to <laughs> well, <do.
0: laughs> yeah. Stay still. Can I take a photo <laughs> now? But just move your ear quizzically. That'd be good. Uh, well, that's very exciting. So is that game, is that game out? That's some, out, yeah. Have you played like, it?
1: Um, yes, it's an interactive... It's very cool. Like, yeah. my, um, my allergy to technology means that I don't understand some of it, but I think it's probably really understandable to people who use these interactive apps. But it's a bit like, kind of a little bit like um, Pokemon. You have to look for things, you have to solve a mystery. Okay. And, yeah.
0: Good, We've going to look out for that. Right, yeah. well, look um you've got the book coming up jane is trying you've got the podcast the things we do for love is there anything are you well you were going to go back to stand up in 2020 which was a a poor time to make that decision as it turned out yes
1: (laughs) i did like three gigs (laughs) and then covid happened um yeah i will i will i think i'll write a new show sure yes i will i really really miss it yes yes
0: Well, it's good that because I think it it, it can, but you can get distracted by other things and you're so successful in everything you do and you do all these different things and you are great. You're always just such, I mean, we gigged a lot together in the mid-2000s, like a lot. And it was always interesting and and funny and sometimes, as you say, (laughs) the audience didn't get it. And that was even better.
1: Oh, they were the best whites.
0: <laughs> but no, you were, there was always something, you know, there's some people you see and you go, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. Like, I was, we were t- I was talking about that. The guy who was, um, there was this guy complaining on Chortle recently about how he'd lost work because he was a white, oh, able bodied, yeah, yeah. heterosexual man, and that had lost him work. And you kind of go, you know, there's a lot of guys, you know, if you think that you should be losing work because there's a lot of guys doing the same sort of thing. Uh, and if you are a white, m- m- able-bodied heterosexual man, you have to find the thing that, that makes you thing that, makes that makes you, you bookable. So because no one wants to see a whole a whole night of that anymore, which they did in the past. Um, yeah. But you know that it was always quirky and and you know it was always going to be a different a different thing. So would be very. Will you, Is it going to be sort of storytelling you're going back to? Do you think or is it?
1: Maybe I did have an idea about you know when you scribble an idea down. And you read it the next day and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> there were two signs next to each other in Beckenham Place car park, which is a park near me. And one was that a ring had been lost and another was that a ring had been found. <laughs> <Nice>. And, and <laughs> I thought it was lovely. Um, and um, basically the idea was something um, coming off the back yes. of that. And me. What I quite like doing is working from one small thing like that and then working outwards, starting with something that's happened and then kind of embroidering it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds uh, brilliant. Is there anything else? I mean, there's enough there to begin with. There's something
1: that I'm filming at the moment, but I don't know if I can really say anything about it, but okay. um, that'll be out <laughs> what, <laughs> that'll be out next year. Yeah. Um, but I'll tweet about it when I can. Is it, but,
0: uh, is it a TV thing or a yeah, film? Yeah, it's okay. a TV thing. Is it a new series of Peep Show? <laughs> No. Okay. Is it oh, the newsroom? The thing is, we'll all get so is old it? to do
1: peep show. You know, be like, you know. Imagine if in ten years they said, "Okay, you can have another series of peep show." We, we'd just all be taking heart tablets, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Moaning about millennials. Yeah. And
0: Olivia Coleman would be swanning she'd, around. She'd get her back
1: for maybe one scene, wouldn't we? <laughs> she'd have someone else playing her and shot from behind the whole time. Then she'd come in for, yeah.
0: Oh, well, good. Well, we'll watch out for that. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause, the wonderful Izzy City. Thank you very much. Come back next week. We'll be here with no such thing as a fish. Thank you very much. See you in a bit. You have been listening to rahalastapa with me, Rich Herring, and my guest Izzy Sooty. The music is by Scant Regard. I am indebted to my producer Ben Walker. I am indebted to my friend, director, and all-round good guy Chris Evans. Not that one. That one. That one's not a good guy. He's not. Not the other one. The other one is a good guy. You know who. Uh, research is by Kathleen McKeegan and Halastapa.com. Hullastoper, And this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastToStrike.com production. Go to GoFastToStrike.com slash badges to become a monthly badger. Get all kinds of benefits and bonus material to enjoy and lots of privileges for your £3 a month.